0: Hello and welcome to the United Community Channel My name is Jack, this is your latest Manchester United news Plenty to talk about uh, It's been a big day for Manchester United Big couple of days uh, in relation to I suppose the changes that are occurring at United So we're going to talk about it uh, Sir Jim will fix it uh, He's already in at Old Trafford He's got his feet under the table He's getting to work, he's making changes uh, And uh, yeah, we're going to discuss Everything that's been going on in the last couple of days um, and we're also going to talk about, you know, the I suppose the people he's putting in place in the different areas. Obviously, we've, you know, there's been talks about, you know, we've seen uh, Jean-Claude Blanc has been there. There's been talks about uh, Sir Dave Brailsford over the last few days as well. Uh, we're going to get into what that means and what it also means for Eric Ten Hag, uh, because reports are coming out today uh, and yesterday suggesting that it is going to limit the amount of, I suppose, pull that Ten Hag has when it comes to making signings, is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? Uh, and of course, then we're going to talk transfer news as well. Obviously, the transfer window is open uh, and there's plenty to discuss. Manchester United have been linked with Timo Werner. Uh, obviously, we're desperate for a striker at the moment. We've also been linked with Eric Maxim Chupo moting uh, and big news coming out in relation to a, a, a player maybe closer to home for United in the Premier League is Elise uh, of Crystal Palace. United are being linked with it as well. We've got some competition from Liverpool. So we're going to talk all things about that as well. Uh, I do also want to talk a little bit about... Uh, Andre Onana, because he is going to the AFCON, but he's going at a different time than we thought he was going, and it's all a bit up in the air. We don't really know what's going on. Well, we do. We've got a bit of uh, clarity on it. Um, and some good news about contract extension for a defender as well that we'll talk about. Get your comments in as usual, guys. Please smash a like on the video if you haven't already done so. Hit the subscribe button if you're new. Uh, anybody watching on TikTok as well, if you want to get over to YouTube, all the articles we're talking about, we have them up on the screen as well. You can follow along with us. Link is on my homepage. Head over there, hit subscribe, get involved. Uh, who have we got in? Ben is in. Good to see you. Sean is there as well. Uh, we've got MM. Uh, who else have we got? Jordan is in. Brian is there as well. Good to see you guys. Um, get your thoughts in as always. But anyway, look, We're going to start with, of course, the big changes that are going on at United at the moment. And it's in relation to Jim Radcliffe. Uh, As we've seen, Radcliffe was at Carrington today. He did meet Eric Ten Hag uh, and the players for the first time since his investment was announced. He also spoke to staff at the training ground, as well as having two more hours of meetings at Old Trafford. He's already doing more than the Glazers have done in 19 years in terms of, you know, feet under the table, getting involved. And uh, it's good news. It's positive news. It, you know, I'm uh, uh, look. Obviously, we go back to what we've said uh, on multiple occasions since Jim Radcliffe has been announced as the uh, as the winner of this so called race. Is we wanted a full sale, of course we did, and we wanted you know the glazers out completely. But I think it is, and I, I I I double down because I've said this before. I think Jim Radcliffe coming in and getting full control over the football inside of Manchester United can only be a positive for the club it really really can um he's coming in with his own ideas he's coming in with his own people and he's coming in with what the, what have we said before that Manchester United are lacking in all aspects of the club the best in class you know and i sound like gary neville when i'm saying that because you know that's that's the term he's been using for uh, a few years now but he's right and all of the names that are being suggested are supposedly are the best in class in them areas. You know, Jean-Claude Blanc has been uh, pictured with uh, Jim Radcliffe already uh, at Old Trafford this week. Uh, he is a marketing director, a marketing genius, CEO, kind of, you know, all-round um, business operator. And we know what he's done, you know, in the we've gone through this before and the certain aspects that you know he has throughout his his sporting career or his background in sport obviously he's been at juventus he's overseen the uh, a very difficult period for them when they got relegated to the third tier and brought them all the way back up he was part of the backroom team there we also seen what he'd done with psg then and turned them into a kind of a global brand uh with you know the likes of air jordan sponsoring them and celebrities endorsing the jerseys and all that kind of stuff um So he's the best in class, you would say, in relation to that aspect of, you know, Manchester United. And in terms of building the brand and exposure, you know, the global fan base, so on and so forth. However, um, I suppose over the last few days, the majority of the, um, I suppose, spotlight in terms of who he's bringing in, because again, he's been fought with him and there's been a lot of talk about him, is this guy. Uh, Sir Dave Brailsford, um, and look, this guy. A lot of people I've seen over the past few days have been saying, and it's even been s- said by former footballers, you know, on on the likes of Talksite, uh, Talksport, um, Talk uh, you know, that this guy is a cyclist. You know, he, he he he's overseen, you know, Tour de Frances and so on. He's overseen, I suppose, the improvements and the you know the the direction at which these kind of sporting projects going. This guy is not going to be on the training ground with a bunch of cones, you know, telling fucking Bruno Fernandes this is how you hit it. You know, that's not going to be the case. This guy is all about how to get the best out of teams, how to get the best out of players, how to improve in terms of technology, in terms of facilities, in terms of Everything that's needed to improve and and maybe get that extra 1% out of players is this guy. Um, However, there has been worries whether he is actually going to be fully hands-on because he is currently working for Nice. But this report suggests that despite Ineos's ventures into various sports, Sir Dave Brailsford's full-time focus will be Manchester United. Ineos also own Nice, but it's believed that four years of oversight the strong structures established will allow Brailsford to commit all of his energy to the project at Manchester United. It's good news. Of course, it's good news. Um, And it's needed, you know, because the last thing Manchester United need is for Jim Radcliffe to be appointing people behind the scenes in very important roles to be there, you know, two days a week, you know, i mean it that's not going to get manchester united back and and turn it around and and you know put put proper systems and structures in place whoever is going in and taking over these roads is going to have to be on it and they're going to have to be on it 7 days a week you know 25 hours a day um because if they're not you know it, it's going to be a very difficult job. It's going to be a very difficult job, and 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 it, we already know how difficult the job is going to be for Manchester United, and in, in terms of you know re-establishing, I won't say dominance because I don't think that's going to be the case anymore, but getting us turned and going in the right direction, you know, uh, doing the right thing, setting the standards, so on and so forth. Um, and I think that's very, very important. Warren says, uh, he's a fan, which is already an improvement. Uh, needs to not be scared of making big calls, cut out the rot, and got and get us pushing back where the club belongs. Absolutely, making big calls is vital. Uh, I, I did read a report today as well suggesting that he's looking to cut up to 30 million in the wage budget uh, for Manchester United as well. Which, again, I am all for you know, I think we are, I think we've been overpaying players for far too long. I think players coming in should be rewarded for, you know, sustained quality throughout the team. You know, we've seen, for example, Marcus Rasher had one unbelievable season last year and he gets a brand new contract, highest paid player in the club, and look what he's doing this season, you know. Um, I don't know, has the game, you know, progressed so far that... You know, you can offer contracts based on performance. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I think you would find it very hard to get players to sign if that was the case. But but yeah, absolutely, I'm all for Jim Ratcliffe coming in and and making these changes. Ben says, it's a nice change to have someone in, not just to take money out of the club. Exactly, and and a good point about that as well is that uh, in the in the 25% agreement that Jim Ratcliffe has with the Glazers, uh, it has been agreed that dividends will not be taken out of the club for three years, uh, which is, which is very good. So the Glazers can't put their hands into the man United pocket uh, and pull out money again. Uh, Austin says having a fan in charge always works out or oh, having a fan in charge always works out though. Doesn't it? United need a full sale. And honestly, until uh, then we're going to suffer. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. I'll take your point. Take your point. Um, now, look, moving away from the so-called, you know, footballing uh, director, we've got a, a or sorry, I, I'm not 100% sure what a Dave Brailsford's actual role is. Is it technical director, whatever it may be? Um, but we do need a director of football, and that's something that Manchester United has uh, has struggled with over the last, um, well, we've never had one. That's the, that, that's uh, That's getting down to the... The nuts and bolts of it. We've seen other teams with it being very successful with it. Liverpool, uh, Arsenal, Man City, of course, you know, multiple, um multiple, I, I suppose, clubs that have been highly successful throughout Europe. You know, it's a, it's a tested and proved way of being successful. Now, Manchester United have been reportedly linked with the likes of uh, Paul Mitchell uh, and, and, the big one and, and the big news coming out over the past few days has been around Dan Ashworth. Now, we do know that Paul Mitchell is unemployed at the moment uh, since he left Monaco. No job. Uh, I think he's basically waiting on that phone call if he hasn't got it already from United to to, to become the, uh, the footballing director. However, Dan Ashworth is currently uh, employed by Newcastle. And reports over the last few days have been su- suggesting that the... I suppose the deal to try and bring Dan Ashworth to Manchester United could well and truly be on the cards. Um, And the reason why there's been no real denies from Newcastle is because of this. Um, The reason why they haven't denied speculation about Dan Ashworth to Manchester United, in short, because uh, they believe there is a chance he could yet leave for Manchester United. Nothing uh, has been said on or off the record in an effort to kill the speculation. And... If anything, there is an increased chatter in football circles of Man United being confident of taking Ashworth as the new sporting director. Uh, why would he go? Well, perhaps his level of control and influence at Newcastle isn't what he thought it might be. While United would be promising him the keys to the kingdom. Now, I don't certainly, I, I certainly don't agree with the last line in that uh, article. I don't think he will be handed the keys to the kingdom at Manchester United either. I think. You know the the entirety of of the of the reports coming out around Jim Ratcliffe and, you know the the kind of pathway he wants to bring us on and the structure of the club means that it's going to be all hands on deck uh, and that it's going to be a a kind of a I won't say a committee but you know you will have uh, you will have multiple people giving their opinions on players on you know staff members on you know, the type of football we want to play, so on and so forth. Uh, So I don't think Dan Ashworth or Paul Mitchell or whoever it may be coming in will instantly take over the complete reins of everything. You know, you will have, I don't know, if if you would have Dan Ashworth, you know, coming in, if you would also have Dave Brailsford have a say in, I, I don't think he would have a say in maybe recruiting or anything like that. But... You know, if Dan Ashworth has come in, Paul Mitchell is there, obviously Sir Jim Radcliffe, and then you would also have Eric Ten Hag as the manager, which we'll get into in a moment. Um, you know, all will have... And I think it's a, I think it's a very, very... I think it's a very, very important way to do business now. The days of the manager controlling every single signing and every single aspect of the club, like we've seen with Sir Alex Ferguson for so long, is gone. You know, it really is gone. And I think... The pressure needs to be taken off of very Ten Hag, especially, you know, because Manchester United are the, you know, front row centre club in the world. You know, everything is headline news when it comes to Manchester United. And I think the pressure being taken off them a little bit by putting that structure around them with a football director, a sporting director, whatever it may be. Um, You know, I think you're not going to get the same kind of criticism towards Ten Hag, you know, If we had this structure in place, you know, around footballing director, sporting director, owner, manager, scouts, all of this, you know, everybody together putting, you know, their collective thoughts in and signing players, and we did sign the likes of Anthony, would the same scrutiny be coming to Eric Ten Hag now? I don't think it would be because he's got the the support of everybody behind him and it's not a, you know, it's not a one-man decision. and I think that's the right way to do it. I really do. Um, I think he will have the opportunity to do it. Now we we'll get into the, the to, to the report here that uh, is suggesting Eric Ten Hag is, you know, still wanting some kind of control over, you know, the transfers that are made. Manchester United manager Eric Ten Hag is keen to keep his influence over transfer business in the club's new football structure headed up by Sir Jim Radcliffe and Ineos, according to a report. Um, blah blah blah. Uh, let's see. The British billionaire will lean on experts already close to him, and Sir Dave Brailsford, famed for his marginal gains philosophy, honed while Performance Director of the British Cycling, has been Director of Sport for INEOS since 2021. Uh, He is set to take a major role in revamping United's football operations. Um, part of Brailsford's remit will unsurprisingly be the player recruitment process. Okay, so there we go. Former Chief Executive Richard Arnold admitted during an encounter with the fans in 2022 that the club had burned through. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. We don't want to hear about that again. Uh, But ESPN reports that Eric Ten Hag still wants involvement. Even though elite football clubs across the board are increasingly taking recruitment out of the hands of the manager, the Dutchman is believed to have held the power to veto any transfer since his arrival since uh, uh, since arrival just over 18 months ago. It is suggested that Ten Hag is still uh, is keen to still be a key part of the decision-making process and will have major say on and have major say on which players are bought and which are moved on. Um, And look, I do think that why we just mentioned the structure of a football club like Manchester United needs to have sporting directors, footballing directors, all of these kind of things. I still do think the manager should have a key say in what players come in, because he has to be the one to work with them day in, day out. And, um, you know... I don't want Dave Brailsford signing players for Eric Ten Hag, you know what I mean? I would. I, I want Dave Brailsford, Paul Mitchell, Dan Ashford and Eric Ten Hag signing players for Manchester United. And I think that's the way it needs to be going forward because it takes the pressure off of one person. It's a collective, you know, and... It's the modern way that football clubs are run. And we've seen the success that football clubs have had while implementing these types of structures. Uh, and I think it's only right. We've said this already that, you know, when Jim Ratcliffe was announced, and I think the overall consensus from United fans is that if a good structure is put in place for Eric Ten Hag to succeed, he will succeed, you know. Um, but it all has to be going in the one direction. We need scouting departments. We need we've got scouting departments. But my point being is that I think more than anything else, we need to identify a type of player that we want to play for Manchester United. We've seen what the likes of Jürgen Klopp has done with Liverpool. High intensity, high pressing type of players, full of energy. That's the type of player he wants. Liverpool signed them players for him. And I'm sure there has been times where, you know, Liverpool have said, you know, the sporting directors or whoever's on that kind of player recruitment committee have said, What about this player? And Klopp has gone, no no way, no way. And I think that will be the case if Ten Hag is given the time under the supposed new structure at Manchester United. Uh Ushin says, I think Director of Football will allow Ten Hag the opportunity to do his job better. Uh, it's not Football Manager 24 anymore. Absolutely. Uh He also says, Glazers uh, were still stuck in the Sir Alex Ferguson bubble, which probably was on the way out even as he was there. Uh, sad for a club that was so cutting edge and leading from the front to now be playing catch-up. Absolutely. And that is down to the Glazers. You know, I do believe that, you know... Uh, better businessmen and better footballing people would have spotted this long before Sir Alex Ferguson was leaving. You know that, okay, while Sir Alex Ferguson is here, we need to have, you know, a, a, a plan in place that when he does leave, you're our sporting director, you're our, you know, CEO, you're our so on and so forth and have that structure ready to go. And if that was the case, I think we wouldn't have seen the, the decline that we've had over the last 10 years because you would have just gone in to all-hands-on-deck mode rather than... I mean, you look at it, you take Alex Ferguson out and put David Moyes in, and then all of a sudden, David Moyes was looking to sign this player, that player, the other player, and the board were going, no, you're not... What are you doing? No, no, we can't get you any we're, You know, we're useless at, you know, negotiating, blah, 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 and all he gets is Fellaini. So you know i think it's uh, you know that's that's a good point as well nile says eric ten hag should uh, uh, given them a list of names and it should be up to the rest to get the best deals without usual overpaying fees and wages now i agree slightly with that nile uh, my concern there is that eric ten hag giving them a list of players i think while that may be the case that shouldn't be the only list of players we should be working off of We've seen Paul Mitchell, Dan Ashworth, these types of directors of football have really good results with lesser teams like Southampton um, and so on and so forth. Uh, And they're able to identify players themselves along with their scouting department, you know let's look at the let's look at the statistics for this player let's look at the you know the output from that player yeah he looks good he fits the system and then they go back to the manager and go okay that's your list this is our list let's see who matches and if they do then okay okay we're going all in for this player and then if you don't get them, then you have your, your second option, your third option, whatever it may be. Uh, but I think that has to be the case going forward. Uh, I, I really do. Warren says, uh, they need help not only with quality, but with fees we pay. I understand uh, there's the Man United tax, and as soon as we're linked, prices inflate. But I think the last time we paid a good price is Bruno. Uh, I, I agree with you there, Warren. And, you know, I we've mentioned it over the last couple of transfer windows. Now, ever since, you know, the the new board came in, which which would have been um, John Murta and Richard Arnold, that it was time Manchester United put their foot down in terms of paying too much for players. Now, we didn't see that under the likes of Murta and Arnold. I want to see that now under the likes of of Jim Radcliffe, Brailsford, whoever it is that is going to be doing the negotiating, whether that comes down to Paul Mitchell or Dan Ashworth, whoever we get as a director of football. Uh, I think we need to I think we need to. I think we need to not be taken advantage of as much in the transfer window, and if that means losing out on our first choice player or our second choice player for a couple of transfer windows, then I think that will stand us in good stead going forward. Uh, and, and I've mentioned this a few times over the last few transfer windows. Um, I would rather not get a player because we said we're not overpaying. Um, and I would, I, I would, I wouldn't mind that happening a couple of times, you know, in the next couple of transfer windows, because it means, okay, well, maybe Man United are not going to get taken advantage of anymore. And if we do go looking for Erasmus Highland again in the future, they're not going to go oh, fucking touch. Here come United. You know, they're going to go. All right, these guys are not going to get taken advantage of. There's no one else looking at this player. These are, you know, really keen. We might. Not be able to take advantage of them Like that we used to Now we might be able to get an extra 5 or 10 million Like all negotiating deals would do But that's what's important for United And I think we sh- I think the shift in, in Transfer Kind of vision Could lead an awful lot to that And I mean in terms of identifying players The days of Manchester United Going out and signing A Harry Kane Or a Jude Bellingham or a Wayne Rooney, or you know, so on and so forth, players that are at, are at the peak of their 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 talent, and the you know, the players that every team in Europe want to sign, then those are over. Okay. Now they might not be over forever, but they're over for the moment. We have not got the pulling power that we had, you know, back in the 2000s and in the 90s when we were doing well, and rightly so. The power has now gone to Liverpool, it's gone to um, Man City, it's gone to Arsenal to a lesser degree, you know, with the likes of Declan Rice, for example, because they're teams that are doing well. And they're better teams than Manchester United at the moment. So I think Manchester United's tactic needs to be, I go back to what Ranić said, the more I think about Ranić, the more sense he spoke. Players on their first and second contracts at 20 to 23 years of age that are young, energetic, hungry, you know, to make a name for themselves. They're the players you need to be getting. Um and we see the clubs that get these players, your Dartmans, your Brightons, your Southamptons back in the day, um, you know, your your RB Leipzig's, these types of of teams that their whole business model is based around getting these young players in from South America or, you know, anywhere in Europe, anywhere in the world, uh, there be it, get them in young, develop them, and sell them on at massive profits, okay? Uh, And that's how their clubs survive, you know, because they sell on these players. We've seen it with Dortmund, for example. They don't sell two high-quality players every year. They sell one. It was Haaland uh, last summer. The summer before, it was Sancho to us. They do one a year and they don't vary from that because their whole business model is based around it. Now, if you're a Manchester United, all of them steps can be taken with the scouting network that we have. You put a director of football in there alongside your manager and sporting directors and whatever it may be. Identify the style of player you want to get young, hungry, get them in you know, on a first or second time professional contract that they might be doing for good money. And I mean, good money, I mean cheap. Develop them into world-class players. You don't have to sell them on. Because I hate saying this, but we're Manchester United. We're not a selling club. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's the way... A lot of these clubs have been successful And all you have to do as a Manchester United You know, owner or director or CEO Or manager, whatever it may be And everybody together is follow them steps Without the last step of selling And It works, you know what I mean It, it, it just works uh, Let's see Ushin says, I just hope they can all get on the same page. I still believe Eric Ten Hag is the right man, and I'd hate to see him go over an ego clash. Yeah, so would I. Um, Paul says, enjoy Timo Werner. We're going to get on to him in a minute. Uh, Ushin also says, I think now that we've, uh, football men, uh, not just businessmen, in there, I'm fairly positive uh, will not get bent over again. Yeah, hopefully uh, he'll fit right in, Paul. If he comes, he's injured already. Finn says avoid team of Werner. We're going to talk about him now in a minute. Yeah, uh, Reese is in as well. Good to see you. Um, are you comparing us to a selling club now? No, I clarified myself there quite well. I think <laughs> DJ is in. Good to see you, man. Uh, evening, everybody. Hope everyone is doing okay to start the year. Happy New Year to you, DJ. Good to see you back again. Um, right. Um. Let's talk about transfers. Okay. Let's talk about transfers because the transfer window is open. Let me just take a sip of water here because uh let's see what people are saying on TikTok before we get into transfers. Um, need to get away from the older player a bit as well. That hasn't helped too, says Collie. Absolutely. Um Tom says that's inevitable United tax on every transfer. But that United tax is only, is only something that we've seen over the last 10 years because we've been quite naive in the transfer market. It doesn't take an awful lot to reverse that. It really, really doesn't. Uh, it just takes a bit of kahunas, as they say. Jimmy Dunn says, you're watching the Shack. Yeah, when I get a chance, Jimmy. Yeah, I am. Uh, we need Kimmich, says Shane. Um... Not going to lie, I think we are finished. It was Qatar or nothing, says Cheese. Disagree. Disagree. No point for negativity. Having Sir Jim Radcliffe uh, over the footballing side of Manchester United is better than having the Glazers. So, it's a positive. Um, uh, Dan says, we need to see players first before buying players. A clear out first before improving things. Uh, Yeah, and look, there is a big clear-out needed. There really is. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, do you think United will sign an experienced striker to help Rasmus? Says Callum. I don't think so. We're going to talk strikers now in a moment, but I don't think we are going to... Like, experience how, you know, experience in terms of playing in the Premier League before, we're going to talk about that player in a moment. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I think um, I think it's going to be difficult. I really do. Uh, I, I think it's going to be difficult. Just give me one sec. I just want to get uh, this here. There. One sec now. I just need to set that up. Oh, there we go. Anyway, look, let's talk transfers. Okay, smash a like on the video, guys, if you haven't done so already. Hit subscribe if you're new to the channel. Uh, appreciate everybody in, uh, as usual. Uh, so, yeah, let's jump in and talk about transfers, okay? Manchester United are not expected to make any permanent signings this month. Only loan deals are possible. INEOS have blocked any talks for January incomings. I don't know how much about uh, how much of that I uh, believe. Next week, there will be a meeting between all of the staff at United. Jean-Claude Blanc will participate. Eric Ten Hag's future at United is 50-50. I take this with a bit of pinch of salt, okay? But I do kind of think that we are unlikely to see any um, permanent signings in January. And the reason being is we are not, Jim Radcliffe's 25% has not been ratified yet. And it won't be ratified until after the transfer window is closed. Now, as part of the agreement for the 25% of Manchester United, he has been, uh, or it it has been agreed that he will be informed of any transfers before the trigger is pulled on them, okay? And rightly so, because he's the incoming footballing owner, you would say. Um, But I do think it is going to be unlikely that Manchester United will sign players on permanent basis this January. We're used to it at this stage, aren't we? The last couple of Januaries, where, you know, we've got players in on loan, However, it's all about what kind of player and what position we get these players in from or for. Uh, And we all know that the main area that we're looking at at the moment in terms of strengthening is a striker, okay? People have mentioned him already. And Timo Werner emerges as a serious target for Manchester United in the January transfer window, okay? I mean, I think you can tell I'm not uh, overly excited about this. But anyway, let's get into it. Timo Werner has emerged as a serious target for Manchester United in January as Eric Ten Hag seeks to reinforce his misfiring forward line. Uh, John Cross, chief football writer for The Mirror, uh, reveals the German striker is on United's shortlist uh, for the winter window alongside Bayern Munich's Eric Maxim Chupamoting. moting Um... Ten Hag is thought to be desperate for more firepower as he attempts to salvage a season which appears dangerously close to derailing um, on Burnley. uh, uh, Sorry, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Let's see. Financial fair play regulations will severely hamper United's ability to recruit in the January transfer window. The club are likely to be restricted to loan deals only regardless of how pressing a need their manager expresses. As such, Werner is a logical option. The German striker has struggled for minutes and goals this season for Red Bull Leipzig. Uh, His club are likely to allow him to go out on loan as long as he moves to a club where he would start regularly. Um, Furthermore, uh, Cross believes Werner may relish the prospect of a return to English football following his disappointing experience at Chelsea, a chance to prove himself in a different environment within the same league. Um, Yeah. Let's have a look at Timo Werner because... I'm not convinced by him, and I think, uh, you know, like, he had a really good spell before he, he uh, before he arrived at Chelsea, okay? He then arrives at Chelsea, literally does nothing for a couple of years, uh, and goes back to RB Leipzig, and he's done nothing since he went back there either, and that's my concern. What is he going to do coming to Manchester United? Now, he's, is he going to be coming in as the main striker? Absolutely not. Is he be going, to, going to be coming in as a rotation striker with Rasmus Highland? More than likely. okay. But let's just break down the stats that we've got here. okay? Because they don't make for good reading. They really don't. Um, he's played 14 games so far this season, and he scored two goals in 368 minutes. Now, if you look at 368 divided by 14... It's a goal. Uh, what? Oh no! Sorry, sorry, sorry. I apologise. Three hundred and sixty-eight divided by fourteen. He averages twenty-six minutes per game. Okay. Um, so it 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 doesn't make for good reading. It really doesn't. Now, if we look at the games he's played, uh, he's been on the bench. He's been out for injury. If we go down here, uh, he's been in the starting eleven twice. He's been a substitute on six occasions on the bench, four, and injured four. Okay, and he scored two goals, one against Cologne and one against Borussia Um He's had a couple of injuries, which are not good either. Uh, one has kept him out for, geez, it kept him out for, what near, well, I suppose only two weeks, two and a half weeks, three weeks maybe. Um, so yeah, Timo Werner doesn't set the world alight for me, really doesn't. And I would be surprised if he does for anybody else. Um, I mean, just the air of The air of nervousness about him When he played for Chelsea Uh, The body language You know, I'd never seen him You know, muscle someone off of a ball Really going in and trying to get a goal Yeah, he he doesn't fill me full of confidence If he is to be the guy that's coming in Uh, Eric Chupamoteng, on the other hand Obviously we're looking at Like Timo Werner is 27 You would say he's in his prime We're going back to, you know, the elder statesman When it comes to Eric Maxim Chupamoteng 34 years of age, centre-forward. But again, I mean, stats don't show an awful lot here. They really don't. Um, 19 games played and three goals scored. Um, Yeah. And if we look down here, uh, starting 11 three times, substituted in on 11 occasions on the bench once. Um, So yeah, again, look, he's the older guy. I mean, if we're looking at... Chupa Moten getting three goals So far this season Timo Werner getting two goals so far This season And both of them are playing in the Bundesliga What in the name of God are these players going to do In the Premier League You know, that's my concern It really is um, It's. It, 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 it. We're in for I think we're in for a couple of Well, certainly this transfer window And hopefully it will be The last transfer window that's going to be very frustrating for Man United fans, I believe. Um, the reason I think this transfer window is going to be very frustrating. Of course, the the main reason is it looks like it's only going to be low coming in. And when you're talking about Timo Werner and tupac who've got two and three goals in the Bundesliga coming in to you know, try and shore up the firepower at Manchester United, it doesn't bode well. Um, we have been struggling with FFP Because we've been overpaying for players So I think I think this transfer window and, and I would like to know what you think on this And I don't want to use the word sacrifice But would you sacrifice this transfer window And just get a couple of loan signings in To get financial fair play correct And back on track for us Where we can then go and spend properly And identify proper players in the summer And and, and really go strong For a good transfer window next summer Because I think if we Spend money in January It is going to hamper our Spend in the summer, it it just will You know, because FFP is a Real thing, we overpay for players We're not good at selling players We're paying an awful lot of, you know In terms of wages and so on and so forth Um, Would you I'm not going to say be happy with loanies in January only, but would you put up with loan deals only in January if it meant we could have, a for the first time in a long, long time, have a proper jan or a proper transfer window in the summer? I probably would, to be honest. Given the fact that we're out of Europe, we're out of Carabao Cup, it's Premier League, top four is going to be a very, very hard slog. Uh, and then, of course, The FA Cup is all we have left to really challenge and try and win. I think it's... I think it's probably worth doing. I do. I think it's probably worth just getting loan players in in January. Hoping they can do a job for us. Till the end of the season. Because Jim Radcliffe is not going to be able to affect this transfer window anyway... And you would hope then by the summer We've got a structure in place You know, over the next three and four months We're identifying players Putting everything in place to have a good summer Without the burden of financial fair play Offload some of the deadwood off the books We could have a really good summer I think that's probably the move I really do Uh, But let me know what you think Um DJ says, Prem broke that man. Uh, We'll get him and he'll do absolutely nothing. Uh, Austin says, with maths like that, you can do my taxes, mate. Uh, Somebody needs to show Eric Ten Hag them stats. Uh, What does he see in him? Well, again, Eric Ten Hag has got his hands behind his back like that going, or he's got his, his cap in his hand going, please, sir, can I have some more? You know, but there's just nothing there to give him. Uh Oshin says if Werner is an Eric Ten Hag signing, I would my previous statement about believing he's still the man. Imagine Werner and Whistle. I don't think Timo Werner would be anybody signing unless you were in the position that United are in and are so desperate to sign a striker. You know, I think I think that's it. Chupamoting flopped at stoke, lads. Uh surely not what we need. Exactly. Neither of these players are what we need, but they may be all we can get. Ben says, why not give Hugel a chance uh, if you're looking at those two guys? Yeah. Again, you do have to take into consideration. Do you want to do you want to put that kind of pressure on a young player and stunt his progression potentially? Um you would probably rather see him go out on loan somewhere And get some good game time in the lower leagues But yeah, I know what you mean The January transfer window is like the January sales in the shops Clearing out all the leftovers It's a gamble, but we have to gamble That's a great comment, I love it Finn, yeah, it really hits the nail on the head in fairness uh, If we get the right type of loan ease Yes, Werner and Chupamoting Are not that, exactly But the issue is What real good What real good loan ease Can you get that's that's the issue. You might as well bring back Vout, says Niall. Uh, Rooney was a young player too. If you're good enough, you're old enough. Rooney was a fucking animal though. Rooney was an animal. Um, in fairness. Anyway, look, let's move it on. Uh, and let's talk about a little bit, you know, in terms of more positivity in terms of signings. Uh, Michael says, surprised we've not had Murata at some point over the years. Uh, the amount of strikers we've had, I know. Doesn't matter who we bring in, says Chelsea still not good enough, well that's untrue because it does matter who you bring in um, if you bring in good players and you do that enough then you will be good enough, you know what I mean let's talk about this guy Olise uh, of Crystal Palace Man United are looking to hijack Liverpool's transformation as they want uh, Premier League star as one of Radcliffe's first signings now, before I get too carried away this is not for January, this is for the summer, okay um this is for the summer. Alicia has been linked with moves to Man United and Liverpool. Man United want to make Crystal Palace winger uh, Mikel. Is it Mikel or Michael? I think it's Mikel Alicia. One of the first signings of the Sir Jim Ratcliffe era at the club, according to reports. Um, let's see. Uh, there are reports uh, that Ten Hag wants as many as three signings this January to get Man United back on track. Uh, it was announced, uh, oh, blah, 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 that's all dirt. Um... Let's see. A report on Tuesday claimed that Ten Hag has demanded that he, still veto, that he can still veto transfers, uh, which was apparently written into his original contract uh, when Radcliffe and Sir Dave Brailsford take the hands-on role at Manchester United. Um, a move for Elise has been ruled out in January, but United have identified the 22-year-old as a transfer target ahead of a planned overhaul of their squad at the end of the season says unknown release clause will come into effect in the summer transfer window after he signed a new four-year deal in August but is likely to be significantly more than the $35 release clause in his previous Palace contract. Uh, Radcliffe and Brails foresee Alicia as a player who could help revitalize United's woeful attack, uh, with the Red Devils only scoring 22 Premier League goals this term. Football Insider reported earlier this week that Liverpool are also interested in the Palace winger with the Reds on a recent transfer mission and have sent scouts to uh, to regularly watch the 22-year-old. So there we go Now, I mean, you're talking chalk and cheese here If we're, if we're going from Timo Werner and Chupa Moting uh, to Elisa, um He has just signed a new contract in August Okay, so what's that? Uh, September, October, November, December, four months ago His previous contract had a 35 million release clause in it So you're probably looking at minimum 50 million release clause in this guy's contract uh, You would have to say Obviously, we will find out in the summer. But if we're talking about, you know, Timo Werner and Chupa guys who are not playing in the Premier League at the moment and scoring two and three goals, and we look at Elise's uh, stats this season, chalk and cheese, nine games in the Premier League, five goals. Bang. There you go. No messing about. Five goals in the Premier League. Uh, If we're looking at 675 minutes uh, divided by five, a goal every 135 minutes. You know what I mean? So a goal every game and a half, basically. Um, which is which is unreal. And when you think about it, uh, he's been injured for 11 games so far this season. He was injured on the 12th of August. Didn't return until the 4th of November. Uh, came back then, scored against Luton. Scored against Man City. Scored against Brighton. Uh, oh, sorry, that was an assist. Scored against Chelsea and got two against Brentford uh, only a few days back. Um, started in 11 games, substituting two. And injured for 11 So I mean his stats are good His stats are good Good player um, Knows the Premier League And uh, I think if Manchester United You know could get a deal for him uh, Done Then I think he would be a very successful Signing for Manchester United And the key is look at that Look at that what I'm highlighting there A right winger (gasps) A right winger Man United getting a decent right winger for once Or is it a poison chalice Who knows Who knows but anyway, time will tell over the coming weeks and months. But I think reports of United—I want to see more of that, more of more reports linking us to good players like Elisa, um, because yeah, I think uh, I think they're the players we they're the type of players we need. I feel Elisa is a smokescreen to sign a new contract with a higher release clause. Uh, says well, he just signed a new one in August, and uh, I think Liverpool and Man United are—I uh, mean, if the player is being linked with the likes of Liverpool and United and so on and so forth, is he really going to sit down and sign a new contract? Probably not Um, Probably not Uh, Especially if you only signed a new one back in August Um, Moving on then guys Let's talk about uh, some Outgoings I suppose technically it is an outgoing uh, For Manchester United uh, And it's in relation to Andre Onana Good news and bad news Bad news is he's leaving Good news is uh, he's staying for a little bit longer Andre Onana will depart for the AFCON After Manchester United Uh, Manchester United's Premier League game versus Tottenham. Um, The decision uh, was made after an agreement was reached between all parties involved as per the Athletic. Uh, It means Onana will now be available to play in United's FA Cup third round game against Wigan Athletic on Monday uh, before Spurs come to Old Trafford six days later. The Reds will be aiming to progress, blah, 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 blah um and they'll have the first choice goalkeeper for both matches. Onana will then immediately depart for the African Cup of Nations uh, in the Ivory Coast. He's due to represent his country Cameroon who faced Guinea, uh, Guinea in their opening match on uh, January the 15th, okay? Just 24 hours after Onana is expected to line up against Spurs. So look, it's a positive, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a kind of an <sighs> it's a bit just you know like what you know he signed on the basis that he wasn't or he was retired from international football uh he then comes out of retirement he then says he's going to the afcon he then says he wants to maybe stay just for the wigan game and now he's staying until the uh until the spurs game look it's good it's good but what it does mean um is that When it comes to um, Beinder getting game time and, you know, potentially let me just have a look here and see uh, the games that Beinder will actually be in the goal for United. Um, Let me drag this over here and put it there. So yeah, I mean, he's going to be there for Wolves and he's going to be there for West Ham. I mean... Looking at them fixtures When is Onana Potentially going to be back I don't know if it says it here um, I don't know I think it's 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 certainly it's, Someone can tell me in the chat uh, Adam thanks for the gifts much appreciated um, I think someone can tell me In the chat when if Onana gets All the way to the final right well let me just check afcon final date the final is to be played on the 11th okay so that's the 11th yeah so if he go if if he gets all the way to the final he'll miss wolves west ham and aston villa now looking at it, sorry let me zoom in on it there so you guys can see it There we go. So he's going to miss Wolves. He's going to miss West Ham and Aston Villa. Now, my argument here is... These are not easy games, and especially for the way Manchester United are playing at the moment. So we're talking Wolves, we're talking Manchester United... Or Sorry, we're talking Wolves, we're talking West Ham, and we're talking Aston Villa. Okay, None of them are easy games, especially West Ham and Villa. I mean, West Ham have already beaten us. Of course, we 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 beat Villa, they're going to be out for, for revenge. Um, would you not prefer to have Bayinder playing against Wigan and against Spurs to get him his game time rather than going right, you're in now against Wolves, then bang, you're straight into West Ham and Aston Villa. Um again, time will tell over you know what way Bayinder comes out and actually plays for United and whether he whether he plays well or not, but I think. I think throwing him in for three very difficult games like that, when he could have got twenty minutes or sorry ninety minutes under his belt against Wigan, and then a further ninety minutes in a bigger game against Spurs at Old Trafford, uh, I think is probably more uh, beneficial to United. But obviously, it's been it's been something that's been agreed in the background. United have obviously wanted to keep him, or else this wouldn't be the case. Ten Hag would have just said, "No, look, just go on, you know, off you go." Uh, So. It is the case that you know United are happy to keep him, uh, but I think it's a bit of a shit show to be honest with you. I really do. Um, DJ says this Onana Afcon thing is another mess. Uh, when will be in their play exactly? Uh, uh, Nile says just don't see uh, Onana making it at United. I do. I do. I think he, I think he'll be okay. I think he'll turn it around. I really do. Ushin says throwing a mad one in there, but why are we so convinced? Uh, So convinced in Bayinder, could it be... Oh, oh, sorry. So convinced it's Bayinder. Could it be Heaton? It could be. It could be. I mean, there there certainly is a scenario there, rushing where, you know, Onana leaves for the AFCON. Bayinder comes in, makes a couple of howlers. Tom Heaton is in, has a couple of good games, and then he's the number one goalkeeper until Onana tries to get him out of there. You know, that certainly is... um, that certainly is the case. There's been a lot of clips floating around on Twitter the last few days uh, about Beinder, and I think there's one compilation of him making mistakes. Uh, it, 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 it's quite funny, um, because none of them mistakes were at United, but let's just hope that he doesn't make any more mistakes at United. But we're going to have to see, and we will see. Uh, we will see, um, because in well, on the 1st of February... We're going to see. So a little, little under a month, and there you go. I mean, I mean, you're talking about the first of February before he gets a game, you know, uh, where he could be playing this Monday, Beinder, if it is going to be Beinder or Tom Heaton or whoever it may be. Um, and that's the thing, you know, you're going from playing in five days' time to playing in a month's time, because we're, we we obviously have the the two week break after the. Um, the Spurs game So yeah I mean Being there mustn't be too uh, Too happy with that But look Needs must Needs must Uh Let's move it on guys Some positive news From Manchester United In terms of returns uh, And that's that Two South Americans uh, are uh, returning to Manchester United training, which is good news. Uh, United duo Casemiro and Lissandra Martinez have returned to full training at Carrington. The two South Americans have stepped up their recoveries from uh, respective injuries this season, and it will will come as a big boost for Eric Ten Hag's side as they'll both be available again soon. No real date on it by the looks of it. Um, Martinez has not played for United since the Champions League defeat to Bayern Munich. On the 20th of September Meanwhile Casemiro has been unavailable Since suffering an injury during our Carabao Cup clash With Newcastle at the beginning of November uh, The FA Cup tie against Wigan on Monday night Will be United's next outing And that may come too soon for Martinez and Casemiro However there may be a chance That they can return for the league match Against Spurs Okay, uh, And I think that is probably the best uh, Case scenario And it's probably the right To uh, Kind of deadline to be looking at in terms of getting Both of them back, these are the two biggest Losses so far this season in terms of injuries They really are uh, And I would probably say Alessandro Martinez More than um, Casemiro Slightly, but that whole Playing out from the back, the way Ten Hag likes to play You know, goalkeeper playing out The centre-backs, progressing the ball up the field Using the width, playing through the middle also all these kind of things All start with the likes of Players of of uh, Martinez, Zilk and we have seen them do it so well last season so it's good to see that they're back uh, i hope it's not rushed for the wigan game just keep them keep them for uh, keep him for that spurs game uh on the 14th uh in what in 11 days time uh and 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 let's hope uh, you know we can get a good result there as well and get these guys back into the team. Some other positive news today, guys, as well, is that Aaron Wan-Bissaka's uh, one-year extension has been triggered by Manchester United, uh, so he will remain at the club uh, until the summer of 2025. Uh, I- I'm happy with this. I really am. Are United going to offer him a new contract? That remains to be seen. We did only offer... Delo a, a new contract last year I think he signed a 5 year deal I would have been against that to be honest with you I would have preferred to seen us give Wambasaka bissaka a, a, a new contract So is the fact that we've Given Delo one mean we're not going To give Wambasaka one? I hope not um, I would like to See a I think the right back Area is an area that we do need to improve And I think We need a world Class established right full back and I would like to have Aaron wan as the other right-back at the club and maybe move the low on. Um, because, yeah, I, I think if you can get an all-round modern-day full-back, right full-back that can go forward, that can defend, so on and so forth, brilliant. And then you have wan there as your as your backup, then I, I'm all for that. I really am. I really am. But good to see that he's got a one-year contract extension. He's going to be sticking around for uh, at least another 18 months. or United might sell him in the summer now that he's got an extra year. Um, So we'll see what happens, but good news. Uh, Finally, let's talk about Jadon Sancho, guys. Uh, Borussia Dortmund are keen to finalise Jadon Sancho's loan ahead of the winter training camp. So uh, Borussia Dortmund are travelling to Spain this week uh, for a winter training camp, uh, and uh, they are hoping that Jadon Sancho can link up with them. It does look like Jadon Sancho uh, to Borussia Dortmund is getting very close. Sancho and Borussia Dortmund have reached a verbal agreement for his return to the club. The player is waiting for the final agreement between Borussia Dortmund and Manchester United. All parties want to finalise the deal quickly, which would allow Jadon Sancho to join up with Borussia Dortmund for their training camp in Marbella. Um, and I think Uh Look, we've heard over the past few days as well that potentially um, Dartmouth are going to pay maybe a third of his wages. Uh, and there is an obligation to buy, supposedly, in the loan clause. Uh, so I think, uh, look, obligation to buy, while it's not a. Uh, sorry, not an obligation to buy. Um, uh, is that it? I'm after getting confused. Obligation to buy is. You have to buy him And then an option to buy uh, Is I think what is involved in this Jadon Sancho loan deal So Borussia Dortmund don't have to buy him in the summer If they don't want Uh, It's a 6 month loan deal Uh, They'll pay a third of his wages He's gone He's no longer a distraction Um, And the quicker we can get him off the books The better uh, In my opinion Because uh, bad apple Bad egg Bad attitude Bad professional Average player, world class talent, average player. Um, and I think it's time that uh, he moves on as quickly as possible. Um, but that's it, guys. I uh, appreciate everybody listening. Please do smash a like on the video if you haven't already done so. Uh, and please do hit subscribe if you're new to the channel. Subscribe on the way out. Uh, we're back into the swing of doing these Manchester United news shows. Uh, to give everybody the schedule, what we will be doing is uh, Mondays, Wednesdays thursdays and fridays at 8 p.m we'll have these uh, manchester united news shows and then on tuesdays and thursdays at 9 p.m we have our football manager 2024 live stream we do it for a couple of hours on a tuesday and thursday uh, i do want to ask everybody as well uh, what we are going to be doing for the upcoming watch alongs is we will have a build-up uh, video an hour or two before each game and what it involves is uh, it involves uh, any channel member that wishes to get involved, uh, just take out your phone, put it in landscape, and record yourself uh, for 30 to 60 seconds about your match preview, uh, what way you think we're going to set up, Starting 11, score predictions, you know, what you want to see, so on and so forth. And you can email it to Channel at outlook.com. Uh, send it to me. I'm going to put them all together, uh, and I'm going to Put it up as a video an hour or two before the game, and we'll have it as a match build up. Um, and we're going to try and do that every day uh, for every game. So uh, if anybody wants to get involved, just take out your phone, put it in landscape, record yourself for 60 seconds, giving your match preview, your score predictions, all that stuff. Send it to United Community Channel at Outlook.com, uh, and uh, I'll put them all together. Try and get them to me before Sunday, so Saturday evening if you can. If you want to do it, get them to me before then. Uh, I'll put them all together on Sunday, and then of course we'll upload them on. I'll upload it as a video on Monday, um, maybe an hour before the game, just to get a bit of excitement going. Um, so yeah, appreciate it. anybody on on um, TikTok if you want to do the same. Get over to YouTube. Link is on the homepage. Uh, head over there and hit subscribe. Uh, that's where we do the majority of our content as well. So uh, please help us out that way as well. We're on the road to. 10,000 subscribers uh, And the subscriber count is flying up I have to say we're closing in on 7,000 subscribers We're going to try and hit 10,000 Before the end of the season Uh, So anybody that's watching on TikTok If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel Click my homepage. you see the YouTube button there. Just click the YouTube button. Hit subscribe. You don't even have to leave TikTok. It helps the channel out an awful lot uh, and I do appreciate it. But anyway, guys, thanks for watching. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow night. Big night tomorrow night. uh, Live for the new show at 8 o'clock and then from 9 we'll be going straight into the Football Manager Episode 6. we're doing well. We're doing well. We're climbing the table nearly into top four, and we're leading the way in the Champions League group stage as well. Uh, so hopefully you can join us tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Have a great evening, and I'll chat to you soon. Take it there. Take it easy. Take it, take it care. Take care and take it easy. Good luck.